and welcome... Welcome to the Cartoncast, I guess? This you can do it. Right. No, you can do it, man. Um, Keep at it. We're breaking all the rules, and we consider ourselves tools. Much like speed limits and sound barriers, rules are meant to be broken. Yeah, or, you know, just logic, or the general Conventions. Traje- the trajectory of Jim Carrey's career. Conventions of a feel-good family movie. We, we move forward regardless of all of these. Yes. And we do so today in the service of... Whatever we want, basically. Yep, this is a new, brand new Carton cast. We review whatever we feel like, and that's that's basically where we're at at the moment. My name is Zane, and my name is Ben, and we're just kind of watching things and talking about them with you know without the normal sense of decorum. Entirely vibing over here. It's just real chill, you know. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's not a. We we tend to have like some pretense of presumption of like uh, decorum uh, as Zane said we're obviously not we, doing that uh, we have decorum so I talk a lot it, that's what decorum means to me because I decorate my sentences with all those words carry on yeah <laughs> that's airtight <laughs> so um, people who are internet savvy video game savvy or just general media savvy may remember the Sonic the Hedgehog movie which uh, came out, what was it, 2019? This year! Really? It was just 2020? It was It was in January. Oh. Well, 2020, yeah. So it was like year. in 2012. May as well have been. Yeah. It, <laughs> when we were watching it, we realized that it was a very 2019 movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like, t- everything was much more innocent. Uh, I mean, like, that's just the tone of the movie. So, uh, the, you know, this movie has a history. Uh, do you want to give it its production history, and then I can kind of talk about the internet fascination? Well, you know about Sonic. We've talked about Sonic. Yeah, of course we know Sonic. And uh, the studios decided that they liked money. <laughs> they remembered that they liked money. Yeah. They yeah. forgot during that Werehog period and the Black Knight period. So basically, they um, decided, hey, Sonic is huge right now. Let's make a movie. And that was in the 90s. And then... <laughs> No, time passed. And Sonic became less and less of a video icon. The Nintendo thing kind of went away, those console wars. Mm. And, and he sort of slipped into internet obscurity and like weird fascination culture kind of kind of stuff. He, he ceased to be a player on the field of video game mascots. Yeah, Sonic salad days were from like 2003 to 2000, I want to say 20. Yeah, that he's had a long, hard run. Yeah. And he just wants to put up his feet. And uh, and and catch up on uh, Grey's Anatomy. Yeah, uh, which is still a show that's in vogue, maybe. So um, they were going to make it. Sony got the rights in 2013 to make the movie, and then they were like, "Oh, this is this feels complicated." So they gave it to Paramount Pictures instead, um, and then they signed on the cast in 2018 and started making the movie. And they were really far, and they made a trailer. Boy, and in this trailer, did they? Sonic the Hedgehog looked, they were like, let's make him like a real hedgehog boy. You know, it's interesting. So we just did the Jimmy Timmy Power Hour. Like yesterday. And we had so much to say about how if you take Jimmy Neutron and put him in Timmy's world, it works because you are adopting all of the 2D framework. Uh, It doesn't much so much work in the opposite direction because it doesn't like nicely complement the background of Jimmy Neutron to have Timmy's big crazy proportions in there. Yeah, exactly. The more real world it looks, the less you can kind of get away with by just jamming other shit in there. Sure, sure. And there's an uncanny valley here as well where uh, uh, when you have a uh, uh, animated thing in a live action world, 
That thing better be far enough away from the real world. So we all remember the Ballad of Cousin Skeeter, where, <laughs> yes, he he existed in reality, but there was a firm line. So the internet was like, I can't handle his gross human teeth and legs. Please do Please. it better. You have to do it better. My child is riding on this. this. And they fucking did, Yes, is the thing. It probably took a lot of work and a lot of effort and energy, but they were like, well, okay. Well, we have to actually, yeah, it's, there's... So it, I think part of this is, I mean, like they do this every couple of years. They try to rebrand Sonic, right? And the way that they've been going is, uh, you know, Sonic was initially intended as the, you know, the the mascot with Tood. He's yeah. the one. He's the one who was kind of edgy and like a little bit older and a little bit cooler than yeah, the Mario. Yeah, we all remember he's a combination of Michael Jackson and Bill Clinton. But they forgot that teenagers only think they're cool while they're still teenagers. And if you think of someone who's just trying to be more and more edgelord as they get older, you immediately, you know, vivisect them from all your from 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 your existence because it's not. Yeah. It, watching someone, you know, label themselves as a cool badass hedgehog who skateboards and holds a gun, for example. <laughs> uh, well, it doesn't, no, no, that was the evil Dark Sonic who had a gun Sonic. and couldn't be trusted. Is there a Dark Dark Sonic? No, that was Shadow. Yeah, that's just that's just flipped. Um. So uh, I think that they were really hurt. Like they do it every couple of years. They try to rebrand Sonic. This movie, I think, is a successful rebrand. It, it's it's a successful adaptation and continuation of the work. And we can discuss like what makes Sonic and is this Sonic? Because there are definitely parts of the movie where it's like, this is just a movie. <laughs> yeah, the this parts, is not a Sonic movie. The parts where there's Sonic in it are Sonic parts, and the ones that aren't is like. I don't know, any mid-90s rom-com yeah, featuring or, Hugh Grant. <laughs> or like there was that whole slate of movies that The Rock was in where he has to move the pacifier. children around. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's so... Um, We're in the rock zone right it's now. It's so weird family comedy. Yeah. It, for, for every part that Sonic is in it. And then also some parts where Sonic is in it's it. It's basically if Hallmark made an action movie. But I think that there was probably a lot of uh, momentum toward the Sonic's gotta be edgy yeah. kind of thing. And it took them a long time to realize this truth, which is edgy isn't the generation we're in anymore. Mm-hmm. We are in, you know, uh, ADHD meme shit posters. The, the post-postmodern era. And that's what this Sonic is. is yeah. He's just a child with ADHD and way too much internet culture in his brain. Yeah. And no, <laughs> no, no convenient way to get it out of his brain other than to share it with every person who passes by. And that's why I think it's actually like... If you were following the Sonic trajectory from the early 90s, where it was like, what do kids like? They want to be, like, cooler than the average bear. Sure. Uh, And then come to now, like, what do kids like? Like, you know, Instagram and Teen Titans Go and, like, just a lot of shitposting. Yeah, yeah. There's an an internet culture that encompasses the modern youth, and, Mm -hmm. and this Sonic actually manages to conjure it. Yeah, he feels Gen Z. He, he feels very, yes, it's very much in the current moment. And then uh, we have Dr. Robotnik, who, you know, Jim Carrey, as a star of the 90s, this guy has a lot of, um, a very interesting take. Um, and those two together have an incredible char- chemistry. And then there's this other world around all of them that's a little bit more, like, innocent. When you say that they have chemistry, I don't entirely agree, because that implies that the chemistry is between the characters, and it's not. No, it's between us and them. It's between us and them, and them and the world around them, mm-hmm. which, as you said, or as I said, is just any 
you know, mid '90s family <laughs> sitcom. Right. It's uh, it's just yes, dear is going on in the background. Yeah, yeah. Ad nauseum. Yeah, there's 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 a significant Becker quotient. Oh man, I wish there was Becker quotient. <laughs> there, like, yeah. So uh, I don't remember yeah. much about Becker. Uh, I remember it had like a really stereotypical wise old black guy who was blind and had a cane and did all the jokes and sat at a diner. Hmm. And I remember really liking whenever he showed up because he has the he has the best lines because he's the one who puts Becker in his place all the time. Sure. And you know it's always nice to see the big sass mouth getting you know taken to task. Yeah. Uh, not unlike the people around Doctor Robotnik. Yep. <laughs> Feels good. <laughs> Much like the blind black guy and Becker, uh, they get to they they take people to task. Wait. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well. So so this whole movie is basically uh, Sonic and Doctor Robotnik cause chaos in the real world where everyone is like very like you say so ho-hum. it's a simpler time you know oh small town cop in montana you know we it, it's so hallmark and they're just like thumbing their nose in a great way at it in a way that like kind of works together like it coheres there's a lot of this movie that coheres and a lot of it that deeply does not mm-hmm. i don't i was trying to think about this while i was watching it I was trying to figure out, is this a good movie? Answer straight, no. Uh, (laughs) And then I was like, is this a Sonic movie? Is this a good Sonic movie? Answer is even more no. Like, I think it's actually like a better just generic movie than a Sonic property, even though I liked the part of it that was Sonic. It feels like if we were in a universe where Sonic was a, a person who was in a bunch of movies... This is one of those movies, and not one of his big movies, but one of the movies where he's just like, I'm doing this one, you know, I'm going to make some money, it's going to be good, but it's not my, in the way that it's, that it is for Jim Carrey. Would you say that it's like a, um, yeah, so, so which Jim Carrey movie would it, like, I mean, aside from this one? Well, you know, Jim Carrey did a whole bunch of movies in the, like, mid-2000s, like The Grinch, where it's like, yes, I see why you brought on Jim Carrey. Oh, fucking one-to-one, yeah, of course you bring... (laughs) That it must have just been the same conversation. Hey, do we want Jim Carrey in the role as the Grinch? Hey, do we want Jim Carrey in the role as Doctor Robotnik? It must have been the exact same conversation. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. So, so there's a lot of interesting stuff about this movie. Um, and and uh, I want to say, you you said it's not a good movie. It is a passable. This is a family movie, and it has good moments. When I, when I say not a good movie, I mean it doesn't hold to the the structure that I would associate with a good movie where themes are constantly carried out through the narrative yes where the characters are likable and intriguing and interesting enough for me to hold my focus and make me care about them the only reason that the structure of this movie works is because it cleaves to a formula that has been established by better movies uh, I don't even know if it does like what, what do you mean by that just like the the um Small town hero called to greatness, helping out this famous this, buddy. This small town hero that Zane is talking about is not Sonic. <laughs> is the thing there is a yeah, he just showed up, deuteragonist uh, who is like a, a suspiciously sexy small town sheriff cop kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. I don't even know who who played him. So this is uh, James Marsden, not Jason Marsden, who plays Max Goof Troop. Who yeah is uh, this is James Marsden is uh, is Snapper Carr and uh, was um, Chester McBadbat in you're, the Timmy you're thinking Timmy, of Timmy Jason Tom. Marsden yeah that's what I'm I'm saying yeah yeah James Marsden was Cyclops from the X Men movies I feel as though we've talked about 
James Marsden before in other We've stuff. We've only ever talked about Jason Marsden. I, I threw me for years, people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he's a white guy. He plays a uh, Dr. White Guy, <laughs> pretty much. Yeah, um, he, he plays kind like of... Like, he's living in the 50s, if the 50s were today. Is that fair to say? He's like Hopper from Stranger Things, yeah. but no tragic backstory no ever edge. happened. Yeah, this is before that. <laughs> this, this is, is before... Him and his he hit the bottle. and his good dog. <laughs> yep, none of them ever died in some sort of governmental catastrophe mm-hmm. that he was forced to cover up. Yeah. So, this movie... Um, Made a lot of money, so it made three hundred and twenty million dollars, and it cost about ninety million dollars. Redesigning Sonic after the internet lost its shit took five months and five million dollars, and it was worth every penny. Because can you imagine how much worse it would have done if it looked like that horrible sewer rat? Between Sonic, the between the Sonic the Hedgehog movie and all that shit with GameStop that's going on recently, we have learned our lesson: don't fuck with internet nerds. Mm-hmm. They will, they will cuss you. They will fuck you up. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> just let them be. Tell, like res- respect, respect what they're telling you. Much, they have a better idea of what the world is like than you do. Much like Sonic, it's just a chaotic force that you need to hope is pointed in the right direction. <laughs> Man, he he would be a a game stonk. Uh, <laughs> he would be a game stonk activist, wouldn't he? Oh sure. So uh, I guess the way we're gonna do this. It's pretty off the cuff. I, I wrote some vague notes. We're just going to kind of follow the plot like we normally do for our bootleg segments, and we'll just see what we come out with. Yeah. And I do want to point out that this movie was the sixth highest grossing movie of uh, 2020. Probably because of the pandemic. Uh, that's not an unreasonable <laughs> thing, thing to guess. But it's also the um, highest grossing video game adaptation movie. I saw that it had like a 60-something on Rotten Tomatoes for like critics, and then like a 98-something. I don't think it's a bad, you know, I don't think it's a terrible movie. I I was overselling it for the sake of comedy earlier. It's not a good movie. It's fine, but it's like, it's got a lot of manifest weaknesses that would turn me off of any movie that didn't have a Sonic in it, and wasn't so gimmicky because of the internet lore behind it. Mm -hmm. Like, if this was just a movie, like, I didn't watch... Paul or Happy or any of those ones that are like a cartoon character manifests in this working person's life. Yeah. Anything that isn't Roger Rabbit just looks bad. <laughs> it, looks like it looks cheap. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I was here for it because I have enough goodwill for Sonic. Yeah, I'm looking forward to whatever the sequel ends up looking like. And it will have Tails and Knuckles and uh, Jim Carrey again. Yeah, and I, I'm exceedingly... Uh, I'm going to start my edging now for how they manifest Rouge the Bat in... Uh, in the in in the in the new movie, I'm hoping that the guy's wife takes off a mask and it's Rouge the Bat all along. Um, but she like just shrinks a couple feet immediately because Rouge has that like squat body. Oh yeah, and that that, that heart bustier. Yeah, the, the hourglass bat figure. I'm kind of into the heart bustier. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, no, no, yeah, it was doing work. Like not on her specifically, although like you'd be hard pressed to argue that it didn't fit her form. Yeah. But I think that that's like a good bit of merch that could have made its way to like Adam and Eve or something. Yeah. Like I, I like not for cosplay <laughs> purposes. I just think that the the article of clothing is is decent. Yeah, sure. It looks good on that bat. Looks good on that bat. That, <laughs> that, that the bat. Titty bat. Titty bat. <laughs> so starting the plot. Baby Sonic in Mobius. 
I really like how the sides of the cliff have the checkerboard pattern on yes. them. Yes, they did a lot of work to make this look like a real video, video game, game planet. It looks good. It gave me like flashbacks of like, um, I don't know why it's hitting me, but like the Power Rangers when they go to the forest to awaken all those ninja zords. Yeah, yeah. Which is a plot of the first Power, Man Power Rangers movie. Well, you know, they needed to uh, reactivate them so that they could connect with the morphing grid. I can't believe the morphing grid was a thing. It's never brought up. Love the morphing grid. Because <laughs> what does that mean? No, it means means hyperspace. It means whatever you want it to mean. Yeah, so... Um, but they're all Mobius, and it does look good. You're right. It looks like a video game manifested into real life. Now, I, I'm not a Sonic lore theologian. Mm -hmm. um, is there a bird mother of Sonic? This is nothing. Canonically? This is fucking nothing. This is a thing that happens a lot. She, she, he, uh, Sonic, baby Sonic, who I assume was an orphan, but per, uh, uh, presumably, you know, uh, uh, apparently I was wrong about that. He has a foster mother in the form of an owl who has a legitimate name. This must be an Archie Comics thing, dude. <laughs> because I, I have no recollection. Of, Josh is going to be so mad yeah, at this us. Yeah, is, this is the deep cut um, Sonic lore because it's like we're these are just establishing shots. I wouldn't be surprised if there were a ton of Easter eggs that we just missed in this. Oh yeah, I, I mean they have enough that are like pretty obviously there. And every time one happened, I got that little Pavlovian, you know, THC <laughs> glow happening in my brain. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, that was that was kind of nice. I don't know what the fuck's up with this owl. Yeah, it, it seems strange. So so people are hunting Sonic and. People, eh? Well, they're... I want to say that they are also some sort of Easter egg. They look like... They look like echidnas. They look like Tikal. Yeah, Tikal. Um, and so the bird is like, Listen, Sonic, you will never be safe. Always constantly run. Here's a bag of rings that, when used, can transport you to wherever you want to go. All right, so hang on a second. The ontology... No, let me, let me get my thoughts straight here. Uh, two things happen in this scene. And I want to point out both of them out. You start with the ontology. Rings. Magic, we had to have them. Magic rings. Had to have the rings. Can take you anywhere. Presumably limited supply. I, I expect that the next... I, I expect that the sequel be like, I'm running low on rings. How do I get home? It's, it's the classic it's, Iron Man 2. It's sliders. I'm, it's poisoning my body by using this Iron Man oh, suit. Oh, he's got ring addiction? <laughs> <laughs> he's got some sort of addiction, dude. He's got to go fast. He must... It's a compulsion. Um, yeah, so the the rings are mentioned, and it's just like, a, hey, fans of Sonic, here's some rings. Sonic uses them. That's all you're gonna get, and that's all I really need. Yep. They don't explain it. It's it's kept very vague. Like, how do these rings do it? Don't care. Uh, how many of them does he have? We don't know. Do they even get used up when you use them? Very difficult to gauge. Given that he's got like a bag full of them, I feel like they're consumables. Yeah, these but are consumable it's not explicitly items. stated or implicitly shown, so I have no idea. Sure, sure. This is the more minor of the two bits because the bigger consideration is like a narrative one. In in terms of narrative structure, you have this speedster. He's shown to be incredibly fast. He runs around his island in point in like two seconds, um, and he's told at the outset of the movie two things. Stay hidden, never stop running. In a sane movie that followed narrative conventions, these would be arc words. They'd be a theme. Yeah, yeah. 
Forget about for, chuck chuck him in the garbage. You well, never hear from him again well, until he like the proce- very final he scene. Processed it as gotta go fast. <laughs> he interpreted it in a, and I love animals. <laughs> and also animals good. Yeah, I I don't um it's it's set up. I was actually impressed by it when it happened because I was like, oh, gotta go you know, never stop running, stay hidden. It's it's a clear don't uh, don't let your don't let roots grow under you because you got to stay on the move kind of thing. And, and then eventually he'll form connections and something to fight for, and he won't run and he'll stand up for. Yeah, we we see the, where this should be going. The <laughs> elements are all there in the plot, by the way. It's just that they they don't do a lot of talking about the themes. Yes, it's just uh, which it maybe is not the worst thing. Maybe I'm being a little too hard on it, but I was expecting more when they that forcefully were like hey sonic sit down here are the themes this is what you're gonna be thinking about yeah you don't you don't speak in trope language unless you want it to be evocative <laughs> that's what i that's what it seems like yeah but uh, forget about this owl forget about themes we're going to earth yeah and we're gonna just flash forward because who who cares how baby sonic survived in the wilderness with no like he he found dk's uh hidden cave <laughs> like it looked like a DK DK's rumpus pad. room yeah with the with the tire swing, with the comic books, this the... is so much appealing to a kid at the age who would watch Sonic. Yes, give me that tree fort. I want me... that fucking tree fort. Yeah, I want to be Calvin and Hobbes. I want to, you know, I want to be kids next door. I want to have that tree fort. I want to have a beanbag chair. Remember when you were little and beanbag chairs just seemed like the absolute greatest yeah. mode of reclining. They, that that's the entry point to a world of hedonism. They want to prepare us for the idea that eventually <laughs> we will only want pleasures of the flesh. It's beanbag chair, D&D uh, heroin. Yes. Like those are the three. Those are the <laughs> that's that's those the sliding that scale evolution. Yep. Uh, but yeah, he he appears on earth. A bunch of time passes and we're we're shown to our deuteragonist who is watching a speed trap. He's, you know, on a speed in a speed trap location so he can find people speeding along. There's, of course, no one there. Apparently his name is Tom. That doesn't happen for, like, another half hour. Yeah. And so so the idea here is um, Sonic sets down roots in this town where it feels pretty safe, and he narrates, like, this is my town. Here are the people. I like this guy. He eats donuts. I watch his, um, you know, I watch his family watch movies. Yeah. It's very cute. It's it's a real triumphant performance by Ben Schwartz. Benny Schwartz. Yes, I really love Sonic's voice for this for this role because <laughs> it has it does the manic energy, thinking about two things at once but not committing to either train of thought kind of thing that mm-hmm. um, I'm sure really helps to be an improver for that kind of energy. Yeah, for sure. I mean, this is faster than I've ever seen him do it. This is like you know you're putting on your Robin Williams belt kind of thing. Yeah, you're you're you're, you're trying on the voice and then the the cadence comes from it. You you train yourself to just never stop talking because you know they'll fix it in editing you just need to give them the raw material mm-hmm. and it, i think it's a great read yeah. honestly like i i was weirded out by the fact that sonic wasn't sonic i got used to it very quick oh yeah he you bring- wanted him to be like yeah take that robot yes yeah, stink nick <laughs> yeah, some form of steve urkel on, <laughs> yeah. on helium That's yeah funny. But I, I, I really like Ben Schwartz on Sonic. That's all I'm going to say about that, because I just it'll happen through the entire movie, and it's great. And how do you feel about his um, uh, non-consensual best friend, Tom? I'm sorry, who's Tom again? Can you remind me? Uh, imagine, imagine a small-town cop who, you know, he and his wife, they love each other, and he wants to move to the big city, but they really need him. It's kind of like a reverse hot fuzz. So for, for us to get the Sonic ADHD kid vibe out of him, we need... A foil. I don't think it needed to be this boring of a foil. Mm-hmm. 
Like, this is a pretty boring... I almost would have liked a closed-off-from-emotions putty from Seinfeld yeah. to pair with him. Well, he, he's he's functional, right? He's not the funny guy. He's he's just like, I'm a good dude. I'm going to do this good dude thing. Because there aren't... He, who are the human characters from Sonic? Uh, Dr. The, Robotnik. The girl he made out with. The girl he made out with. And the <laughs> president. <laughs> Holy shit, the president was there. <laughs> I feel like there was a there was a there's there's old Robotnik, uh, sadist Robotnik. No, that's this guy. No, 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 no. His his dad. No, that is this guy. Oh, it is. Yeah, Gerald. Egg, Eggman is the uh, is his son. Is a different guy. He's not Robotnik. Okay. I, I'll Guys, take your word the for Sonic it. Sonic lore. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take your word for it. Listen, Josh, we we'll deal with this another time. I think, like I I, I respect the urge to make the foil to Sonic be the straight man. Uh huh. You know, I'm not gonna. I'm. I'm cleaving. It's fine to cleave close to comedic traditions from the 20s or whatever. You need a straight man in a foil. I get it. Um, it's just uh, whenever we're watching him, and Sonic's not there, and even some of the time where he is there, I just I'm bored by him. Yeah. It's uh. It's just a very straight put down, um, down humdrum ninety somethings ninety something uh, sitcom lane. Yeah. You know, when I'm watching him and his, uh, him and his lovely wife. Yep. Uh, <laughs> they seem very happy. You know, talking about, like, whether they want to move to the city. I, I genuinely thought that maybe we were accidentally switched to another channel or something. Yeah, like we got hacked. Yeah, what? It, yeah, because, like, it, it's, um, it's long enough without kooky energy that it's, uh, it's a little jarring to start and stop like that. And, like, you, you need, like... You do need the straight man in this sort of thing to, to help you with this wild world. We saw this in Detective Pikachu. I saw it. I don't know if you watched I it. I didn't see Detective Pikachu. So there was, you know, Tom Goodman, uh, or John Goodman. One, one of his names. That, who would that be, right on? Uh, no, no. This was a human man named like Tom Tim Goodman. And okay. he had the same kind of function, but instead of like, I'm a good guy and I'm going to do the best thing, he's like, I don't really want to be here. <laughs> I, I Please le- leave. I legitimately think that Putty from Seinfeld would have been a good read for the the straight man. Hey, it was this blue thing. We gotta take care of it. Oh, you're from the government? Yeah, you can fuck off. <laughs> that's, a, that's a little bit more nasally <laughs> and squeaky than Putty, than I remember Putty. Yeah, well, I can only do the cronk. That's fair. <clears throat> but yeah, uh, I don't really love the, the character here. He's fine in isolation. It's weird to pair him with Sonic He's like Diet Chris Pratt. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, he's not he's not enough of it needs more Star Lord. Yeah. I, I say. <laughs> <laughs> um I will say that in isolation I found the scenes that he was interacting with other people pretty funny. Just uh in mo- for the most part. Yeah, the writing was good. Like I, I like the, the gag where um he's getting a letter from uh, uh by the way, pretty elegant setup for he wants to leave Green Hills. Yeah. Which is that uh He's moving from to bigger and better things in the city. Yeah, it's, we got your application to work at the San Francisco Police Department. It's, it's the it's like a reverse hot fuzz. Yeah, you know, as opposed to someone being beaten down into a, a bad situation and having to come back from that or find the good in their life, they're being tempted with uh, right. with with career advancement, um, and uh, and and we find through the through, through the show that he doesn't actually want to leave. Which, yeah, which is a perfectly cogent, totally reasonable. His house is beautiful. Good lord! I multiple <laughs> rooms, man. Oh, it's so I'm just nice. jealous. Yeah, but, and he lives in Montana, which you know, 
It's a, it's a lovely community, honestly. Is that a real town, Green Hills, Montana? Almost certainly not. There has to be a reason they did that, right? I mean, they, they name it Green Hills, obviously, because of Green Hill Zone. But there must be a Green Hill somewhere in this big old country. I think that Montana just gives the right vibe for a cop trying to do the right thing. Oh, sure. You know, small town cop, I think, is a, it, Montana is good enough. And plus they do an awful lot of... Uh, Local color gags with the uh, with the neighborhood ruffians, uh, yeah. both you know rally crowd and otherwise. Like there's there's some real um, prospector from the 1950s kind of energy to the to some of these <laughs> the local cast color. Of, cast of characters. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thankfully, like we don't spend a ton of time with just uh, you know the common folk, the hallmark people. Um, we do have a lot of Sonic being fascinated by their ways and we have a lot of dr robotic being like these bumblefuck locals <laughs> need to get out of the way of science and progress and me respect being cool. my mensa degree yeah 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 i got well, big brain and big dick energy <laughs> i dare you to fight either I got brain dick energy over here yeah this guy's got big brain dick um yeah but we'll, we'll get back into dr robotic in a second but we, you know, they set up a couple of truths. Sonic loves animals. Sonic's got a kick and bachelor pad. Sonic is deeply lonely. He watches like a baseball game that kids are playing in, and he's so excited. Yeah. And it gave me like real like angels in the outfield or Sandlot vibes. Man, I haven't seen a baseball diamond framed in this way for like twenty years. Through Sonic's eyes, I wanted to play baseball, which yeah. is something that I've never wanted. I just wanted to watch like angels in the outfield. Yeah. Or the Sandlot. Was that Jimmy Stewart, or am I getting my? My my wires crossed. Was there any animation? It was, Ra- it was Ralph that? Macchio. Oh really? Yeah, R- Ralph Macchio was in the Angels in the Outfield. Huh. Uh, was he also in? He wasn't also in Sandlot. It was some other goober. Yeah, I, I have no conception of when the Sandlot was made. Me, me neither, man. So uh, he watches the baseball game and he's like, "I want, I want that. that high five. He Give me that high five. five. So he, he there's a this... there's a very charming scene of him playing baseball by himself. Oh yeah, and doing all the commentary, it, doing all the commentary, and also playing all the spots. Yeah, and which is is cut up very appropriately. Like, yeah, like uh, the, all the ways they suggest that Sonic is extremely fast through the animation or through the you know the visual uh, cues. I thought were pretty good. Like the idea that he's throwing to home. And like uh, doing like the signals to the pitcher while the say, and then go back to the pitcher, and uh, he's like you know nodding or whatever, and with, all without the sonic like whoosh whoosh whoosh. Yeah, noise. you don't you don't see the speed. It's just like oh this this you know this could be clones if you let it. <laughs> yeah, if you if you wanted it to, and then like he starts sliding into home plate, and uh, then we cut over to the, the catcher <laughs> putting the baseball down onto home plate just a little bit too late, and then we see him continuing to slide which means that he slid into home plate two separate occasions <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> just to make the point it's just very uh it's very cute it's and, very well done and then him realizing that he doesn't have anyone to celebrate it with yeah yeah you know he gets us on our side pretty quick mm-hmm. um, and then he does this another bit of joshua cheka sonic lore quote unquote <laughs> uh when he gets emotional uh he explodes <laughs> so yeah, so so there's this thing that happens sometimes, which is like in a very anime, like the power of friendship blast that he gets, where he powers up and he glows. And this later comes like a quill that separates from him also can glow and generate a ton of power. 
Yeah, he's he's connected to the morphing grid. He or the speed force. This is <laughs> this is clearly oh, a speed force phenomenon. Man, the image <laughs> when he's in his bachelor pad just doing Sonic stuff and he's reading through the Flash comics. It's yes. an extremely good clip. They, like every part of this that has Sonic in it has really tight dialogue mm-hmm. and is like I mean for the most part and is like really well blocked out and articulated. And it's interesting. And every other part is just like left for the end yeah <laughs> they don't care about dialogue at all unless sonic's in the room it's or dr robotnik as if, like they knew okay we are making a family movie with sonic we need to appeal to the sonic fans and we need to appeal to the kids and their families so the stuff that's family friendly buy the book the stuff that is sonic i want the deepest sonic lorists to go through and make sure that this is good mm. and they hit both but like they don't cross very often Get an astrophysicist and a cracked writer on this stat. Because <laughs> we want to know. Um, this is a tangent, and I'm sorry that I'm belaboring the point so much. Or tangenting so much. But uh, there's this movie from the 80s called The Wizard. Yeah. Kids probably know it, remember it. Uh, Only 90s kids remember this. Holy shit, I'm so old. Uh, <laughs> it, it was remembered largely because it had uh the, the main protagonist was really into video games they it culminated with a video game tournament and like the entire middle of it had kind of nothing to do with anything yeah yeah um and i'd have to rewatch it to make sure yeah it was a real like ferris bueller's principal who has to track him down kind of thing i did i distinctly remember that there weren't enough moments in it that were video game moments i guess yeah like there were, the, it was two tent poles on either side of the movie, maybe with a little bit of power glove in the middle. Yeah, but that was kind of it from my from my vague memory. Um, this is so much better in terms of how to cut up the Sonic stuff. Yeah, how to, how to cut up the game, the video game parts of this. Because mm-hmm. I, I I never have to wait very long. Right. Um. So just you know, vague thumbs up at that. Yeah, I liked it. Um. Yeah. So so he creates this um, EMP. Which mm-hmm. just like knocks out power in the whole town, and the government's like, "That's we got. That's we got to do something, right? We're the government." They they start like researching people in the town, trying to figure out what this is, and uh, I love the Sanic reference. Oh my Where, god! Like a sketch artist, <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to put together an image of like, okay, is this what you saw? And he turns it around, and it's Sanic. <laughs> something something to that effect. Yeah, they they knew what they were doing with this, mm-hmm. um, and so the government is like, okay untested technology in the middle of nowhere this is this This is gonna get like this is a small enough town that we can blow it off the map if it turns bad yeah so we need we need somebody who really knows this stuff let's bring in robotnik bring someone volatile into this situation we need to speed it up before all the press get here yeah yeah (laughs) which is weird because it doesn't feel like they know very little and based on that, they are bringing in, like, the most dangerous person in the world. Well, that's what I'm saying. They can, they, they, he's so unhinged that they can kind of claim some distance I do like, from whatever happens. And, and this is our introduction to Dr. Robotnik. And I really like what they did with his character concept. Because in the video games, at least the early Sonic ones, is just, uh, this is a scientist who builds robots to take over nature um, and, and drive the central conflict. <clears throat> and in this, the way that that um, expresses itself is... He looks down on everyone. He values brain over brawn. He values technology over nature. You know, these kind of themes that we've seen before. And he is known as a master of drones. Which, like, that's exactly what they were in the game. That they, they were we drones. We just didn't have a word for it. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's a... I, I'm a little bit torn on Robotnik's characterization. In the games, he is... 
he's certainly like megalomaniacal, mustache twirly kind of villain. Yes, front to back for the most part. Um, he's like Doctor Wily. He's very Doctor Wily. Yeah, they were they were all kind of cut cut from the same cloth back in those days. What I I remember about it, he just is is very um, he. I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Sorry. Holy shit, I can't get back to it. What's going on? Uh, Jim Carrey. <laughs> that's not helpful. Doctor Robotnik is kind of doing it for the ego. He's got a, he's got a lot of ego to him. In the games where he there are cutscenes and stuff, Eggman at least is is doing a lot of villain speeches. Mm-hmm. He's real into villain speeches. He's real into proving that his his robots are the coolest. I don't remember him being this petty, and that kind of soured this character for me somewhat. This was very Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor from that Superman movie. Oh yeah, where he's just screaming at people just to scream at people. Like it's it's very high school bully mm-hmm. with with this Robotnik. He's he's like mean. He, he's mean spirited. Like it's it it's plays. less of a it, it, the way that I envision Robotnik is more of a I'm elevating myself <clears throat> and I use I, I oh he clearly comes from a sense of deep insecurity. Right? Yes, I, I, I tear you down so that I can inv- uh, uh, elevate myself. This one, it's so deeply ingrained that you guys are just inferior, and you deserve to be barked at and told that all the time. Yes, the only reason that we are having this conversation is I had some sick burns that I needed to get out. Right. <laughs> yeah, that's almost exactly how we would phrase it. Um, and it, it's, a, you know, it it's for kids. It, it's great. It's over the top. It plays to his strengths. I'm not as I'm not as clean on it. Like I think yeah. that he wastes a lot of uh, a lot of calories that I would rather be sent elsewhere. Does he Does he waste it? Because what is he cutting out? More small town bullshit. That's a. I mean, that's not an un. That's not an invalid point. <laughs> and I like the the sort of like casual meanness for no reason. Like it's not particularly cruel because all he's doing is like dressing people down. But it is definitely like meaner than it needs to be, and that's very funny to me. There's I don't a know why. There's a mo- well. I mean, like occasionally I find it funny. I just uh, it was real aggressive out the gate. Mm-hmm. It was kind of kind of vicious. There's this one moment where. He gets, uh, he does something. He, uh, manages to succeed in a thing in the plot. I don't even remember what it is. But his, uh, number two guy, Dr. S- Mr. Mr. Stone. Agent Stone. Agent Stone, uh, goes for high five. Um, or, yeah. he, no, Robotnik <laughs> fakes him with the high five and then punches him in the stomach and keeps walking. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and he's elated and in this so moment. And quick and amazing. <laughs> yeah, the, these were subroutines that he was carrying out. This, he's done this so many times. Um, it, it's not that funny in the retelling, but just like the way it manifests on the screen, with like there isn't any conscious thought going into these actions. This is just what the people around him are there for. Yes, he ju- he just loves it. So yeah, uh, he's also got a power, power glove, which I think is a nice yeah, kind of touch. He, he gives orders to his drones by like touching things on the inside of his. Palm it's like he's playing a symphony. Yeah, yeah, with no pad. Yeah. So I, I like that part of it. Uh, the probes look very egg-like. Yep. Uh, he says something about my egg sack. Pretty early on, yeah. <laughs> I was expecting more egg theming from him, but yeah, those are kind of most of them. At the end of the movie, Sonic calls him Doctor Eggman, and I'm like, why did he do that? I completely forgot that they're like egg-shaped drones because the giant flying saucer kind of overwhelmed that aspect of it. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, but now Sonic and Tom have to meet. Yeah, so Tom finds him rooting around. What is he looking for? Uh, he's looking for his rings. Yeah, he dropped his rings somewhere. Yeah, oh, he's he's going back to get his. Oh, he had to vacate 
his yeah, little, he's on the lam. His he had to vacate his uh his Donkey Kong Country pad to yeah. use the rings somewhere else so that he could go to a gross mushroom planet that he doesn't want to go to because yeah. he's following his you know get out of dodge kind of stuff from his mom. So he's not safe in the cave. So he goes to the only place he feels safe, which is at this person who doesn't know he exists house. Yeah, this Stocky's house. And so okay, so Tom's wife is a veterinarian, so they have. Animal a tranquilizer. tranquilizers. They've got, they got tranquilizers for the raccoons that root around in their garbage. He uses one on Sonic. Sonic drops the bag of rings into a ring portal, which feels like something that should have been product tested a little bit. Um, yeah, and it drops into San Francisco because Tom was wearing a San Francisco shirt. It's all extremely it's so contrived. contrived. <laughs> it's a, I mean, like it's a necessary of- to get rid of the rings, but it is very contrived. Because, like, this buddy car trip comedy... How the hell do you set that up with Sonic without a variety of, like, absolutely ridiculous coincidences? Yeah, you need them. It's it's very silly. Uh, I'm not worried about and it. And you said product tested. I do want to point out, this movie has, like, some of the least subtle product placement I've ever seen. Oh, you're talking about Zillow? Yeah. Don't forget to get your new apartment on Zillow. Good and, Lord. um... Oh, Olive Garden keeps showing up. Oh my god, multiple different times by multiple characters. As an ending stinger. I can understand it as, like, a, uh... You know, just a, a, a reoccurring joke, but Olive Garden is a little too still in vogue for that to not be weird. It's it was just it was it's oh, like an iRobot to- when Tom when Will Smith is like, yeah, these are my classic 2004 Nikes. Don't vintage, mess yeah, vintage. Like the, watching it in the fuck theater, me. you're like, this is not going to age. You, well. you just shout "fuck me" in a I crowded theater. I thought we theater. were doing art here. <laughs> Alan, you'd accept on for this. Uh. Dude, if you want to talk about, um, just just to reference a different thing connected to Olive Garden, that is a real wake-up moment. Oh, boy. <laughs> when they're talking on the phone, uh, and they're talking about, like, the Olive Garden gift card or something like that, um, and then his wife says, because when you're here, you're family, he finishes the sentence. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, Jesus, where am I? It's so bizarre. Where's Ray Barone? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be just around the corner. Uh, bro, they're amazing deals. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, you're gonna eat breadsticks. The uh, so yeah, a bunch of bullshit happens. They eventually, Doctor Robotnik manifests his way into their house. Yeah, so he he's like Sonic is like you're my only friend, and then he falls unconscious, and Tom's like I guess I gotta hide this guy, and then Robotnik shows up to to infiltrate, and they have some nice little banter back and forth between the obvious villain and the not so obvious hero. Did uh, Doctor Robotnik have some like? pre um ivory towers uh elite socialite kind of vibe to him to you like harvard grad put down yeah he was like i graduated from the best places i have five phds i'm better than you here are all my reasons i'm better than you because i clearly don't believe it yeah yeah uh it just and a lot of it is like aimed at like rural like suburban and rural living yeah yeah like in a pretty obvious way I, I don't think Hollywood has ever quite understood the difference between the elite and experts. Yeah, it's... He's both. <laughs> Let's just say he's both and move he's, on. He's definitely both. Uh, but yeah, he he tries to, to, to taser Sonic for later abduction and autopsy <laughs> purposes, um, but he gets cold cocked by Tom, and now the two are on the lam. Yeah, yeah, and now, like, you don't want Robotnik to have a vendetta against you. I really like um, I really like how when we when we go to the car so we're in a car drive now. 
Yeah, it's car time. It, it, we're we're in a road and, trip. And Sonic can't run to San Francisco one because he doesn't know where it is, and two because he's been tranked. Oh my god, what a, what an unfortunate set of circumstances that require a road trip. I don't hate it. Like a road trip from Montana to San Francisco that takes exactly two days. Sure. Does it? No. <laughs> How could it? I don't know. I don't know the distances between things. They have a bunch of hijinks along the way. I'm looking it up. I guess you, so. you keep talking. I'm looking it up. Sure. Uh, what I like about this car, like, I think the car drive is really, we've finally gotten past the setup, which I think took too long for a movie that is this silly. But now that we've gotten past the setup, we can see that real, you know, rigid, good old boy just trying to keep his community safe. And, oh, the only thing he wants to do is uh, save someone in his life who he, who, care, who, he matter, who matters to him. So we got a very good rigid versus manic setup, mm-hmm. and this is when I started seeing this is a child in the kitty seat that the adult that is trying to drive is dearly trying to get to shut up, or yeah. at least not misbehave. Yeah. Like, there's so much, ple- just stay in the car until I'm back, I just need to go in and get some smokes. And you can't give him an iPad, because who knows what he'll do with that. Oh, he's gonna, like, alert the authorities. Yeah, you're not gonna get that with a bunch of. Oh yeah, he had to ditch his phone. <laughs> that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But like I, uh, this is where I started kind of thinking of Sonic as uh, an adoptive child with ADHD. Yeah, this 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 is the part of the Sonic movie that's not about Sonic. I, I kind of liked it though. It's about it's about like Sonic as what if there was a fast child rather than Sonic as what if there was this like other dimensional alien who had military interactions. What if Sonic Sonic had someone to talk to? Yeah, really. and it's not bad. It, it's kind of cute. Um, so the hijinks that we get into first off, there is this uh, bar. <laughs> yeah, watching Sonic try to resist temptation to go to the bar is pretty good. Yeah, because he has no idea how to interact in any kind of human society. And this is a very, like, there's a lot of people here who, if you uh, uh, interact in the wrong way with their cultural assumptions, will beat you up and start a bar fight. It, it's it's not merely a bar, either. There's also monster trucks. There's, like, a mechanical bull. There's, um... People, I, I I could have sworn I saw like some guys in like face paint like around a trash fire. This is a very specific trope, and it fits very weirdly with the whole like small town good, evil government bad. What is the? Because now it's like, look at these yokels. <laughs> We're leaning into the yokeldom. What's the? What's the place in? It looks like a Mad Max Thunderdome kind of thing. Where like, what's the place in um in uh AI where the where Haley Joel Osment goes to? And like they, everybody wants to kill him. The flesh fairs. The this, flesh fairs. That's kind of what this reminded me of. Is there's yeah. a lot of violent chaos that Sonic just wants a wants a lick. Yeah, yeah. And uh, you know he's very easily able to instigate it um, because he moves at super speed. And we get a uh, quicksilver scene. Oh yeah. First of all, time for a fight scene. They just start one. Yeah. It wasn't heralded by anything and doesn't particularly matter. We and need they, to fill time. It's just a blatant <laughs> Quicksilver ripoff. Which, like, you know, Sonic speed, nobody really cares what it actually is because it varies tremendously throughout the movie. Depending, and, and every canon that he's in. But this is basically, like, time stopping. Yeah, it's chaos control. Yeah. Oh. Where did he pick up the emeralds, do you think? <laughs> you know, along the way. He, starts some, he, he stole some barkeep's ear- earrings or something. A small town jeweler who's just trying to make ends meet. <laughs> I'll make those ends meet. So yeah, so you know he he beats up on a bunch of yokels. It's it's cute. It's good visual comedy. Yeah, I like slapstick. It works. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and then then they go bed down for the night in a 
motel. Uh, in a motel, which is also a cute scene of like the after image of Sonic doing literally everything there is to do for a kid with too much energy in a hotel. Right, and, and we get this um, concept of a bucket list. This is a recurring theme in a weird way where... Do people need to be told what bucket lists are now? You know, it's been a while since I've seen them in media. I feel like they were a lot bigger in the early 2000s because we all thought we were going to die all the time. I <laughs> uh, wonder whose fault that is. Uh, Bin Laden. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh, this is rhetorical. Um, so th- this idea that uh, they need to do stuff before they die. For Sonic, it's a very real thing because he's been afraid of death his entire life. And more than that, he it, the goal, if it succeeds, he will be gone from human society. So it's not so much death as everything he wants to do before he leaves Before town. he has to go. Before he splits, yeah. To, to, the, to the mushroom land. Yeah, it's very much uh, Ernest's last night in town. Wait. I don't think not er, not Ernest. <laughs> I'm trying to. I'm thinking of a Ben Fold song, Stevens last night in town. Yeah, because Ernest went places. He never stayed in town. That, that's the implication. If he's going places so often, it's like, dude, the the the. It's like. Oh, the, like he's afraid of what's at it, home. No, it's like the girlfriend who's always on you know on vacation in Prague or something. Like they they're not actually really with you, are they? Oh it's Like yeah. you you've seen this person a few times, and it's like a safe bet to it claim that they're around all the time yeah, so you're saying like oh Ernest, you're the going fact off. that Ernest is going off to camp no well he's going to the crack den but well no <laughs> we he, call it camp he's trying to get emancipated from his terrible parents oh yeah yeah but yeah, wait so but sonic, way to turn it dark so sonic's got a bucket list and one of them is to you know have a friend and yeah that, that this is they're, they're trying to build up that relationship they they spend so little time actually uh planting the emotional seeds for the payoff and i don't give a shit sure yeah. Like, it's not not the way the movie tracks. It's already told me not to pay attention to theme. It's hard to give a shit. Yeah. They, they made it hard. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they, they went out of their way not to get me invested. But, like, it, it's not a movie for investment. So, like, I'm giving a lot of leeway for the narrative structure. Just recognize that the narrative structure is pretty not good. Yeah. Uh, now, we do need one more thing to happen before they get to San Francisco, which is... Um... Car chase. Oh, yeah. Gotta got do a car chase. I wasn't even thinking of the car chase. <laughs> this is... The video gamist, I think it gets. Where they're like, they send a big boss after you, you hit it once and it becomes a smaller boss. You hit it again, it becomes the smallest boss, and then you gotta finish it off. I believed so much that this was Robotnik chasing Sonic because it's, uh, he has a tank with a harpoon. Yeah. <laughs> that is so much an act to final boss Robotnik thing. Yeah, because like, you think back to his original design, it's like flying egg ship with a wrecking ball underneath. Yes, it's so good. And when we see him in his, like, little Megazord thing, and, like, the rotating camera, and there's these color themes. Like, they don't do a lot with themes, but one of them is red and blue. Mm-hmm. Robotnik is very much a red. Sonic is a blue. They had that chase through San Francisco in the beginning of the movie and now at the end. Yep. But uh, that's that's kind of the color motif, and you get the camera rotation. It looks cool yeah. on the inside of this mech. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they, he he sends out some mines. He sends out some drones. Sonic and Tom beat him up. I don't know why they feel the need to have Sonic take out some of them, and then they give Tom one of them. Yeah, to, yeah. to let him feel useful. He like leans out the side with a baseball bat while Sonic drives, and like who thought it's this so was a forced? Good idea? It's so forced, and I don't care if he's cool or not. Like you can be a hero too, buddy. <laughs> I don't know what's going on yeah, there. How much do you think? Like some kids wanted to do that, like open up the car door and lean out while their parents are driving. You think that in this movie about Sonic, where he's traveling across country with a grown man who tells him when to go to bed, you think that the author avatar, you think that the stand-in, the the audience stand-in is the adult? Yeah. Okay. Well, he talks to Donuts. 
Oh, yeah. Sonic does call him Donut Lord, which is a pretty cute kind of detail. Um, yeah, so they have the car chase. They they are victorious, and they go to Tom's wife's... Uh, she's, she's staying at her sister's place, and her sister doesn't like Tom. She just disapproves. Sassy black lady, eh? Get a divorce. What... Sassy black lady is just... Why do you need a reason? ...be there now. <laughs> I mean, like, it's a... Well, fine, I think Sonic. It's a fine comedic trope, and it's lessened from being super ridiculous by the fact that uh, Tom has a black wife, I guess. Yeah. It's not quite as uncomfortable. The, the blatantness of the sassy black woman as the joke teller in the scene still yeah. still makes me uncomfortable to this yeah, day. Well, you know, I don't know if I'm ever going to get over it's it. It's one thing for her to be like... You should divorce him. He's not good enough for you. And versus, this man has been identified as a terrorist. Yeah, you did. He's harboring a fugitive from the stars. <laughs> yeah. Please don't let him in the house and tie me up. <laughs> yeah. So they uh, they go in there and they, we got a couple of. Oh, before that, I wanted to point out one of the Mr. Stone, Dr. Robotnik uh, interactions again, Uh because it's very good. They fail to get uh, Sonic on the road. Um, The car breaks down or whatever. And we go to the inside of the thing, and he spins around, and he says, Mr. Stone, pin yourself to the wall. Yeah. (laughs) The guy is just so trained. Like, this is the only guy that Dr. Robotnik has been saying, the only people I like are machines because they do what they're told. So clearly his assistant would have to do everything that is told to him yes. without skipping a beat. Yeah, how did he find this guy? <laughs> this guy is in some extremely submissive like role play here. <laughs> Whatever he's being paid, it's not enough. It's for the it's for the pleasure. <laughs> it's it's a whole day affair. Even when he does things right, he gets yelled at. There, mm-hmm. There's a very excellent. He got punched. <laughs> he got punched for doing a jo- good job. <laughs> Um, but but yeah, the other great line here, which both of us cracked up like crazy <laughs> at, which is, uh, do you want to say it? Yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, Robotnik is. Uh, was this during his like impromptu dance session? Oh, I was thinking about a different scene. You do your thing though. Yeah, he's just he's just dancing around like crazy for like a weird interstitial. And he gets interrupted by uh, by Agent Stone, who brings him a latte. A latte with what was it? Ostrich milk? With no, with Austrian goat milk. Austrian goat milk. I, I thought you might like it. And Jim Carrey, the delivery though, as a happy man who is screaming because he only has <laughs> one emotion, which is anger. Of course, I want it. You always make them so good. I love the way you make them. <laughs> And like, <laughs> end scene. Yeah. So there's a lot of laugh out loud moments in this movie, and most of them are either Ben Schwartz doing a great job as Sonic or Jim Carrey doing a great job as Doctor. There, there's a, there's an additional laugh out loud moment by uh, the sassy black woman, the, uh, oh, the, the yeah. white sister, when, <laughs> when, because Sonic's in like a bag because he's hiding like this injured friend, making sure nobody sees that yep. Sonic. <laughs> Sonic still looks odd. Yeah, it, it requires more explanation than I just need a place to hide for a minute. Yeah. But he goes in. Please, my dog is sick. He he goes into the house, and the, the suspicious, uh, you know, uh, sister-in-law, who doesn't like him much, just says, what do you got under there? Is it plutonium? Is it emails? <laughs> what is that, Tom? Is it plutonium? Is it emails? A very 2019 movie. <laughs> Where you can email. That is the emails. funniest joke I've ever heard. Suspicious emails is a punchline, and the idea that they are in a bag—it's so good. Is it emails? Is it Benghazi? Just like, 
Okay, how? Just, who it, thought of that just, joke? I want to shake you, their hand. I know. I want to I pay them to make more jokes. Is it plutonium? Is it emails? <laughs> emails. And also, like, the idea that it escalates along <laughs> that axis. Oh, Fuck. That's so good. <laughs> Fuck. So the dialogue is just inspired in this movie. Yes. Um, also, I think you undersold exactly how long Jim Carrey dances. It is yo. longer than a normal dance <laughs> sequence. Um, so they're laying low. He tries to explain the situation. Gets the new shoes. Gets Yeah, so um, the sister's daughter uh, sees that Sonic's shoes are all worn through, and she gives him her own pair of shoes, which is the classic Sonic red with a white stripe They shoe. look so good. Looks great on him. <laughs> and I love the idea of getting that mid-mission power-up. I also love uh, that Sonic always says, like, well, I'm a hedgehog. And everyone's just like, that must mean something. I don't know where you're from. <laughs> it's an accent thing. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, you know, I'm an Australian hedgehog. We're, they're bigger. They got venom. <laughs> uh, yeah. And then um, they borrow the car and they're back on the road. Yeah, they're almost immediately in San Francisco at the point where plot must happen. Yes. Which is fine. I really dislike this uh, cringy bit of comedy in the elevator. Oh, yeah, where, where he's got Sonic in a bag, and um, people are like, is that your child in a bag? And he's like, well, it's not my child. Like, why would you... Like, why? <laughs> like, it, it, it's a scene that was made for trailers. Yeah, it was a scene... It's... It sounds. It looks like it's in an episode of BoJack Horseman. It doesn't fit the real mm-hmm. world kind of. I mean, like I guess it's not entirely the real world because people go along with you shit. You gotta that remember, they this guy's at the end of his rope. He spent the past two days spending most of the day driving with this like sugar. He's ready child. for it. Yeah, I I, I respect. He's the, already a terrorist. I like. respect the notion <laughs> that Tom has some mental disorder by this point, just by association of the unobservable. Have you ever seen 30 years of burnout hit a man in two days? <laughs> <laughs> but I, I certainly don't understand why everybody else is just game. Just like, th- he's got, he's working through some He's things. probably joking. It's probably a joke. That's a very funny Not a child joke. in danger. I can hear his voice in the back, but there's probably... Yeah, that's the thing. It's not even the benefit of the doubt. It's here. not even like he can cover it up. Like, oh no, I just farted in a way that sounds like a small child's voice from in a bag. So they get to the top of the building. I'm sorry, it just bothered me. Yeah, yeah. Well, it moved. It moved. It, fast. it moved fast. It, it made it hit me like a wall, and then it left. <laughs> so they get to the top. The bag Forced. of rings has been undisturbed. Yep. There's no like, goodness. oh, I got to get it back from a bird, or oh, the security guard, you know, confiscated it. I'm comfortable with them just immediately it's getting there. It's fine. It would have been, like, maybe a little bit better if it, like, was hanging from, like, a location, I guess. Uh, or, or, like, was pinned down in some case. I don't know. It's just, I would have loved a scene where one of the rings, like, fell out of the bag and flew off, and, like, a pigeon grabbed it and, like, threw it and then ended up somewhere else. But that would be, like, a full Disney. Like, that that's a Pixar moment kind of thing. Sure, yeah. The um, the, the farewell sequence, a little bit long. Yeah. I, I you know, they, they've been building up to this whole thing, but, like, but you can be my family. The one thing I could never run from was friendship <laughs> and my responsibilities yeah and and they're kind of having this big moment where like sonic i don't actually want to leave earth i just am doing it so that i can live so might as well make a stand here tom is like i don't actually want to leave green hills because i'm actually a coward and uh fear uh change and his wife is like i don't actually want to leave tom my sister's unreasonable <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's a moment of catharsis that is, that are all unconnected to kind of anyone else but and then, it fits with the dynamic they've been working with and the bar sequence where they had emotions so like whatever yeah 
And then Robotnik shows up, and he's in a hover carrier that is powered by Sonic's, like, hair that he lost. Yeah, it's like the Death Hover or something. They always have those names. Yeah, yeah. And he's got a bunch of drones, and now we have the uh, climactic uh, Second Quicksilver scene. Yeah, where there's all these um, missiles missiles being thrown at him, and he just stops time again. And the the thing is, because Robotnik's uh, hover chaser is powered by Sonic's quill... He can also move at this speed. I the the, the uh, ontology. It's clever. Yeah, it makes no sense. Yeah, it, well, but it's clever. I like it. It's it, it gives the it, it could conceivably give the fight stakes. It gives it. It makes him a credible threat. There you go. That's that. That's the words for it. Yeah. Uh, he stops being a credible threat in, in, near the finale for reasons unknown. But that's not the point. Well, because even though he could, uh, you know, all your missiles and all your technology. That may fly in the big city, but here in a small town where I have a chainsaw and we all have guns, it doesn't mean much. Uh, yeah, that's not really the vibe that I got from it. <laughs> the vibe that I got is that he was tired of you moving at warp speed, so he stopped doing it. I don't remember why he wasn't playing on Sonic's field anymore, to be honest. I think it's because there, in the small town there wasn't enough Wi-Fi. Oh, no, 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 now I remember. Okay, he corners Sonic. They, they No, they do a chase, first of all. Yes. Uh, Sonic starts running. Uh, the theme that they abandoned is coming back slowly. Mm-hmm. And he chases them through uh, France. And oh, yeah, they do, a world, they do a world, world tour. Uh, they do a world tour. Fight, fight scene, yeah. Yeah, which is cool. I, I like that a lot. Oh, I like Sonic's whole thing. He like goes to exotic locales. I liked when they did that in... Um, you know, they, they do this in... You know, the whole dimension hopping fight sequences and a few different things. I'm sure. thinking of Jumper, I think. Oh, sure. And uh, I don't know if they did it in Doctor Strange. They probably should have, though, if they didn't, because it's easy enough to do. But it's I, I like the concept whenever it shows up. And this is it's a ni- nice little bit of animation. He runs up the side of a pyramid. <laughs> he runs up the pyramid and Robotics... Like, like I said, this is the perfect place to put a bonus ring, so... Yeah, right at the top. Yeah. And Robotics says, you can't run on that. That's one of the seven world wonders of the world. <laughs> yeah, he says it in just a very like, ostentatious Jim Carrey voice. <laughs> and he's got other great lines, like, this is, this is not the time for talking, this is the time to push buttons. <laughs> this is the time for buttons, yeah, this is very good. Um, yeah, they, they, they nailed the character in a way that, like, I don't even know if he was the character, but this is what it is. It's, now. it's a different Robotnik. It's a more unhinged Robotnik. Yes, uh, which, which maybe fits the more ones. manic energy of the ADHD Sonic. But yeah, but yeah, uh, they they eventually get back to the place that they were in. Are they in San Francisco? or Are they back in the hometown? I never actually they, got. They enter a warp portal. Oh, okay. So yeah, they so warp they, back. They, to... they ring it. They couldn't have though because. John, because Jim and uh, Tom, 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 and uh, Tom and his Tom and his wife are there. Yeah, but they in, didn't. They didn't go through the ring. They did. That's how they ended up back in. Green oh, Hill. you're right. They did go through the ring. They went through the first ring, and then they had the world tour. And now we're back. It, it was it moved very quickly. <laughs> yes, uh, and and then Sonic has emotions about having a friend, and that makes him explode again, and that shorts out Doctor Robotnik's hyperdrive. Yep. Yeah. And, okay. Uh, now we're back in. Now we got it. it su- surprisingly tightly plotted. Okay, I got it. A <laughs> little bit more dialogue, a little bit more fighting, and they they finish him off by sending him through a portal into that mushroom world that Sonic's been you know razzing <laughs> on this whole time, where he's like, I don't want to live in mushroom world. <laughs> I don't want to live with mushrooms. It's just mushrooms. There's no fun. At one point, uh, Tom makes the in in the I think it was like in the um, when they were in the the motel. Oh yeah, yeah. Tom says, "Well, at least you won't be the only fun guy." And Sonic just says. 
never again. Don't, or don't do that. Don't do that. <laughs> that sucked. That's <laughs> <laughs> bad, and you should feel that. Just like very comically serious. Um, yeah, and uh, we get some resolutions. Mm-hmm. Green Hill Zone theme plays over a pastoral. This, this cover of the Green Hill Zone theme uh, is just really like nice and chill, like small town theme, but it's mm-hmm. recognizably the Green Hill Zone. And you said it was covered by John Baptiste. Yeah, John Baptiste uh, composed it uh, of uh, Stephen Colbert's, uh, you know, jazz band. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is really nice. And they're like, uh, they, they they give them, they basically. They be- this was a long form adoption. Yeah. Uh, he, <laughs> oh yeah, they adopt him. More or less, he is this adopted. This is our dog now. son, <laughs> and he he's living in the attic now, which looks like again. It's just the cave. It's it's the cave again. It's uh, a rumpus room that a kid would want. Mm-hmm. It, I almost expected like a stand up pinball machine or something. Oh, wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. Oh, and he especially if they like teased it in. Um, they could have teased that in the bar. And then been like, oh, I want a stand-up pinball machine. Oh, and the way that he rolls around as, like, he curls himself into a ball and tackles things. Mm-hmm. Um, and there was that Sonic pinball game. Sonic that that pinball. could have been a really good reference. That would have been a good reference. They do, uh, he does say at one point during the chase sequence, <laughs> like, I recommend turning, rolling up into a ball and hitting him with your body. <laughs> Something like that. Like, he just doesn't get that other people are people. Don't do that, yeah, that's fine, don't worry. Oh, we, we don't do that here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, yeah, and then uh, is there anything else in the epilogue before the uh, stinger? There's a couple stingers here. Yeah, so first off, we get Robotnik in the mushroom world. And he is just cackling to himself. Because he's still got the quill, so a source of limitless power. Mm-hmm. And he's still got some of his tech. And he says something like, it it took man thousands of years to achieve civilization. I will do it. <laughs> like, I'll, I'll finish it by Christmas. Yeah, yeah, to, to, warp, to get back home. Yeah, I, I think... Trying to uh, foreshadow a possible sequel done in record time or something. Yeah, yeah. But uh, the other thing that's going on in that is uh, he he's 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 lost his sanity. Yeah, he's gone crazy, and we see him do the full robotic, where he's wearing his quote unquote flight suit from the from the drone thing. He, he shaved his head. He shaved his head. He grew a mustache. He's, his mustache is out to ridiculous robotic proportions at this point. This I, looks I like really, the Eggman. I really like that, where it's like yes. you start off as like believable government scientist. This was a prequel, a unhinged, and he just keeps going. This is a prequel. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. This is this is when robotic rising. And the way he makes his drones, he has to make it out of organic material because he doesn't have any tech. Yes. So that's why he has to make it out of animals. Maybe out of mushrooms here. I don't know. Yeah, he just carves them up into There bones. is that fungal zone. So, you yeah. Know. Uh, and then the second teaser. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, in this in the second teaser, we are back over looking, overlooking Green Hills, uh, you know, just uh, kind of surveying the, the evening air. It's very nice, very calm. And then we see Tails, and he's like, I found him. And then he jets <laughs> off and... Cut to credits. And now this, I know what they're doing, but in the lore that this movie has set up, this makes no sense. I know, I know, man. Because, <laughs> like, how and why? Mm-mm. Before, like, I think that the fact that Robotnik now has the long mustache means that all this has been a prequel. Yeah. So maybe he didn't need Tails yet. And, and I understand I can... in Sonic Satam universe that he Tails is a baby, but we're not in that universe. And the um, you know the the stuff I read saw said that uh, the sequel should have Knuckles as well. So I think the sequel could be a lot more of the CGI characters, Robotnik taking over this very nature based world. We could have something not dissimilar from Sonic Saturn. If we're looking at the um, at this movie as a way to set up future Sonic Sonic installations, um, 
Yeah, they did. did There's just, a lot of directions they can go with this. Yeah, they, they set up a lot of lore. They left a lot of doors open. I want to see that owl come back. Oh, I don't. I think, <laughs> I think the owl should never come back. And honestly, the thing I want more than anything is for this and Detective Pikachu and any of these other movies they're planning to form a Smash Bros. crossover. I know it's not going to happen, but a man can dream. Let, let's let's take a lesson. Detective Pikachu, the new Sonic movie, it's okay to fuck with our childhoods. Yes, take it in a new direction. Yes, you, you don't have to do exactly the same thing. You don't have to try to pander to us. Just, just, just treat us with a little bit of respect, and just you know, no, use some creativity for God's sake. Don't treat me with respect. Give me what I want to see. <laughs> but I don't care what kind of movie it is, as long as I can watch, you know, Link in that cool tunic. Like, <laughs> what would a Zelda thing even be like? Oh, it'll be like a Miyazaki film. Oh yeah, because like the only way that this works is because Sonic is a, an irreverent enough lore t- to begin with. Yeah, yeah. You know? Yeah, Sonic Sonic was never taken as seriously. Like, he, yeah. he wags his finger at you when you take too long. Benny Schwass. Yeah, so, like... And then they have that outro with, like, uh, showing us the, oh, the plot of the movie. They, yeah, they in, just, the, they... in the in the 2D animation style of the Sonic games. Yeah, they, they recreated, basically, the whole synopsis. Mm-hmm. It looks like early Flash animation stuff, but I it's done it really well, well. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it looks looks really cool. Um, it looked like uh, the, the Wreck-It Ralph uh, ending sequence. Yeah. I like that they're doing this with the video game stuff. Is just we recognize that you like it because you like video games. We're gonna give you a little taste of yeah of this, and it's stuff that like lens. that that shows that the creators like did care. It, it wasn't just a crash, a cash grab. Like they knew that this sort of thing would sell very well. This might be. Uh, I should really research this more, and this might be a problematic statement to make. I might have to pull back on this later. But I think we finally reached the era in which people who have the jobs in the, the movie industry are old enough to have remembered these games. Yeah, no, absolutely. They are no longer, you know, uh, people making, um, I, I don't know, it's, it's, Mega, it's, Mega Man cartoons based on the Mega Man show or in the video games from like five years ago yeah. where all the people making the cartoons would certainly not be people who grew up with the games. Yeah, it's, it's like how the people who made She-Ra grew up yes. on She-Ra. But have modern sensibilities and are at the forefront of their craft. So I, it's it's interesting. I wonder if this is usually true. No, because they, they don't. I was thinking maybe the story writers of our generation. We only particularly like the media when it's written by our generation, but uh, I don't think that's actually true. No, I, I well. I don't know. Specifically for internet culture, video game culture stuff. You and I are young enough where there's not enough data points for that yet. That's true. Although YouTubers, you know. You know, they're about our age. <laughs> I don't think it's too much to say uh, that it, this wouldn't have worked as well if it was written by movie people, people who are generally in the movie industry in more ways and, like, are... I, I think it only works well because the people who made it clearly revered the source material. Yeah, and I think it is a bit more, um, you know, uh, uh, family-friendly, by-the-book kind of movie than Detective Pikachu was. I feel like that pushed the envelope a bit more and was a bit more for the fans mm-hmm. um, but then again Pokemon's a bigger franchise than Sonic like it has more quote unquote fans yeah and this is aimed a little younger probably yeah yeah I like it though yeah yeah overall gets that baby Yoda crowd <laughs> oh but I'm not a, I'm not a baby Yoda person oh well I some great news for you about baby Groot oh did he die yes thank you we are finally free we're free <laughs> Um, yeah, and that's the Sonic movie. Looking forward to the sequel. I'm glad when Jim Carrey is happy. 
Yeah, Jim Carrey and He's Ben Schwartz gave such a, a good read of this. Base Ventura days. There were three characters in this. Uh, it was Jim Carrey. It was Ben Schwartz. And it was Sassy Black Lady for the all of two <laughs> seconds in which she said, is it emails? <laughs> and there was that army commander who was the guy from uh, the Flash CW show. Oh, yeah. He's a real um, stock standard men in black recruitment video kind of kind of character yeah he? yeah he got that jaw he's got it he got he got a jaw he got a jaw yeah um yeah anything else about it no I, I i'm glad they did this well it's i'm i'm trying i'm like conjuring like did, were there other good video game movies in recent history and i can't kind of can't come up with anything they're, except they're for starting Detective to do Pikachu. it they, i think they're starting to figure it out are they, we're gonna get a good mario brothers movie we I, better i don't think that's possible we already had one ben Back did, from the 90s, oh, Bob did. Hoskins. Oh, Bobby Haas. I don't know. It's, it's Sonic is a, is a... They had to change it such that it wasn't the Tude uh, farmer that we had in the 90s. Uh-huh. We have like a child with ADHD who is still a badass is, is the right way to market him. I'm just trying to think of how you market other cartoon characters in a way that uh, both works with the way that we know of them but also isn't kind of cringy to watch and I, I don't know if most of the cartoon characters i know fit in that mold yeah it's it's uh i it's, guess i don't know what it looks like until i see it yeah we'll have to we'll have to see what it looks like next and maybe we'll do another video game adaptation uh, uh you know live action movie that they're doing next time one hits that would be good you can check out detective pikachu yeah all right well that's been uh that's been a our extremely loose wrap-up, round-up uh, discussion of Sonic the Hedgehog. 06. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> the majesty. We, we want to make a movie about Sonic the Hedgehog. Great. Famous franchise. The kids will love it. But I want it to be based. <laughs> Do you know this one where he makes out with the Do you have any idea how many horny Sonic fans there are? Listen. They've Even got money. Many. Yeah, they've got money and they clearly spend it in bad ways. <laughs> they don't know They might as well give it to us. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, we enjoyed it, and uh, we hope you did too. So if you enjoy this format, let us know. Uh, go to cartoncast.com or fancybat.com slash cartoncast and leave a message for us and on our contact page there. You can also go to our Facebook page. You can go to Apple Podcasts or your podcast of choice to leave us a rating or review. We really appreciate them. And more than anything else, please tell your friends about the show. Zane, uh, do we know what we're doing next time? Um, I don't know yet. I, I've only collected five of the seven Chaos Emeralds, so I lack clarity of vision. As 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 Sonic <laughs> always does. Um, and uh, until next time, uh, got a blast. Gotta go fast. Gotta go fast. Gotta oh, eat them chili dogs. The, they did a chili dog. You guys dog like that reference? We got more. They're so shameless. Yeah. And I was kind of okay with it. Yeah, I was like... surprised how okay I was being pandered to because that usually sets me off. Yeah. You like this? We know you like this. You know Market you... research tells us you like this. We're the... putting it in. Ben, the numbers don't lie. But it's also a comedy movie, so it's like, ah, oh, I farted. Hilarious. <laughs> yep, yep. Let's get King of Queens laugh tracks in here. All right, I'm going to go watch a supercut of all the Jim Carrey scenes in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) Of course I want it. I love the way you make them.